This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20, a monumental episode 20 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. And as you know, we, we didn't have an episode last week, uh, and that's because I was on vacation and I had no Wi-Fi where I was those first few days. And uh, that was a rough week. <laughs> I bet it was. I got a message from Mike that said, the only way I'll be able to record is from the bathroom. Yep. And I took the tender sensibilities of our loyal listeners into account and said, nobody wants to hear a grown man recording a podcast from the bathroom. Nobody outside the bathroom, nobody listening to the podcast, (laughs) nobody wants to hear this. So we decided Uh, to do a bigger episode this week. So we got a double episode, a two-week episode. And uh, real quick, I want to mention to some of you that may be wondering, that haven't asked us already, uh, episode 19, I decided to record after being awake 26 hours. That was a mistake. So, won't <laughs> but, be doing that again. Not just after 26 hours, but after 26 hours and sitting on a comfy couch. Yes, I was sitting on the comfy couch. Uh, not the Nerdy Legion comfy couch, but my actual comfy couch. And uh, I dozed off a little bit while recording. Only, only so, a couple of times. Only four times. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, that was uh, well, I work nights, and sometimes you just I was I was busy. It was I was moving. My kids had a, my my son had a bunch of sports. You know, we just had a lot going on. But um, I'm sitting on a comfy couch right now, but I am wide awake, and I'm ready to go to talk about the last two weeks of TV. And boy, what a couple of weeks it's been! Yeah. I- our traditional greeting seems a little bit stilted here because normally one of us would say to the other, Hey, Mike, what did you watch this week? But since it's two weeks... Hey, John, what did you watch these weeks? Whoa. You, look at that. You just you took the ball and you ran with it. I did. I did. Right in for a touchdown. You, you scored the three-pointer, and um, that's awesome. Nice. Thank okay. you. You did, a, you did two different sports uh, analogies. You're there. lucky it wasn't three. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> well, I, I feel like there's different things to talk about, so I, I think I'm going to start traditionally and go with shows. So um, the the big one, the first thing that I had on my list was I finished the first season of Voltron on Netflix. Nice. I've watched all, I guess it's 11 episodes, but the first episode was like three episodes mashed into one for a big movie. Yep. And honestly... If you watch these episodes back-to-back, like, you know, you do the Netflix thing and you just hit watch next, it's going to feel like one really, really, really long movie. So they really link them together. They do. Sometimes an episode would start right where the last episode ended, and it didn't say, like, to be continued. Just that was the continuity that they were building. You know, a lot of times when we were growing up, you'd have the the shows like Transformers or or G.I. Joe or even the classic Voltron, where it was like each episode was a self-contained story, and then the next week we were moved on to something else. You know, you still had the lessons of the past, but 
this one was not like that. This one, it was literally like every episode fed right into the next one. Now, how long is each individual episode? Uh, aside from the first one, like I said, that's like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. Uh, each episode's like twenty minutes. Okay, all right, yeah. I, I plan on watching it. I just, I just haven't yet. It's uh, it was very enjoyable. Um, there were some episodes where I found myself drifting to, you know, like check Facebook. Well, I don't even check Facebook, but you know, play a game on my iPad or something because yep. the talking got a little bit much. But uh, lots of good character development, which is odd for an animated series. Um, hmm. They uh, they really showed the growth of the paladins and their lions. You know, learning new yep. abilities with them and such. Uh, but the first season ends on a ginormous cliffhanger. I mean, we're not even talking like, you know, th- this is the kind of cliffhanger that would be like in the middle of a battle kind of thing, even though it wasn't. But mm. it's a big cliffhanger, and you're like, what's going to happen? Fortunately, right about that time, they announced that there will be a second season. They're already working on it. But I'm not a big fan of when a season ends on a cliffhanger. Smallville is always the example that comes to mind with me and how terrible that show was for putting literally everybody's lives in peril at the end well, of the season. Well, you know, another show that does that a lot is Grimm. They won't put they won't put people's everyone's lives in perils, but like they'll do the mid-season like cliffhanger if you will or the the you know what I mean. Yeah. And but my favorite part about it is the they'll, they'll they'll put like to be continued. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they at least know what they're doing. Right. They're like, we're doing a dick move. We know we're doing it. We're going to do it anyways, but we're at least we're going to say sorry about it. Right. <laughs> so, that's awesome. You yeah. know, I, I haven't watched any Stranger Things yet. I want to watch it really oh. bad. But I want to sit down and watch it on my TV. I don't want to watch it on my phone or my tablet or whatever. And I just yes. I haven't I haven't had the time. Yep. Because I've been on vacation, I've been busy or whatever. And, like, my cousin Johnny, he's watched it three times. Yeah. complete set, all I three. He's it. like, I'm on my third time through. And <laughs> I know a lot of the other guys, like Aaron and, and whatnot, they've been loving it. And I've heard so much great stuff about it. So I'm very, very excited to watch that. I'm four episodes in. Yeah. Um, I actually got... I've been getting feedback from other friends, kind of like you have. Um, I got yep. a message from one person who asked to remain nameless. We'll call him Mason. And... uh he said that he was five episodes in and was not interested in continuing because really? because he doesn't like shows that don't give you answers. And he felt that at that point he wasn't getting the answers. Um, What's wrong with Molly? Think <laughs> there, <laughs> there are only eight episodes in this season. I'm four episodes in right now, yeah. and I'm loving it. Wow. That would be the first negative thing I've heard about it. Yep. Um, I'm hoping that he stuck with it. Uh, I'm going to yeah. give him my feedback when I get all the way through and, and compare notes. But um, I really love this show. You're hearing all the positive. I'm just going to throw on the hype train there. Yeah, you know, the music. They've got a band that does yeah. some covers. I've heard the music is pretty phenomenal. Oh, like, it, it sounds so Goonies and so 80s. And um, I'm watching it with a friend of mine, and there's been a number of times when. Like, we'll be watching it, and I'll say, you know, that scene right there, I expected it to be stereotypical of this. You know, this was going to happen, this. And she's like, yes, I thought the same way. But they didn't, and kudos to the writers for not going down the stereotypical route. See, this is my big issue I have coming up is, like, A, I just went this whole week without internet. 
And then, like, last night, I was just, we've been doing so much. But I know if I sit down to watch it, I'm not going to be able to just watch one episode and go away. Nope. And so, it's like, I know I need to block out at least two or three hours to start this. And I just haven't had a chunk of time like that where I can logically do that because of work or moving or sports or whatever. So, I'm just, I'm really, really excited to watch it. You're in for a treat. I, yeah. I'm planning on finishing it up this week, probably tomorrow, okay. but it's nice. it's so much fun. It's so nice. cool to watch. That's awesome. Well, Although, I, I, again, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I do have one bit of criticism for it, and maybe it's just me, but there's a whole aspect of it that deals with um, you know the, the main kid here, his older sister. She's... It, She's having a romantic relationship with one of the boys at school, and her whole storyline plays out like an after-school special on ABC from back in the day. Uh, I used to love you know, this. there's literally the party with the beers and the yeah. friend who's like, oh, you don't want to go all the way. And she's like, well, you can stay there and help me so that I don't go all the way. And then she sends the friend away. And, you know, yeah. it's it's really after-school specially, and it doesn't seem to be contributing to the main plot at all. It almost feels tacked on. So. Okay. It's, it's a bit frustrating. They're starting to bring her around into more of the main story, so that's good, yeah. but that aspect of it just kind of grated on me. But anyway. Fair enough. It can't be perfect. That's right. That. But boy, it's pretty darn close so far. Nice. nice. Yeah, loving it. So we finally, <clears throat> the wife and I are able to watch the series finale of Hell on Wheels. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> now and... we finally get some closure. Yeah, yeah, because how we thought we were watching the end of the, the you know that last episode, it was just like no, um, but it was a great episode. You know, we got to see a lot of the characters that we know. We got got to see if we hadn't seen already what happened to them. You know what what was going to happen to them or what direction they went on their life or whatever. So that was kind of interesting. And um, you know, Bohannon he he decided in the end after being offered to become a colonel in the army by. President Grant, he still decided to follow his heart, and the series ended with him getting on a boat, heading to China to find this uh, Chinese woman that he fell in love with, his name May. And so my wife was very, very happy to see that it ended that way, that he was, because, you know, the, the show starts when you watch the, you know, in, in the first season, first episode, you know, he's looking for the people that are responsible for murdering his wife and child, and he, and that's his, that's what he's there for is to kill them all. And then he ends up working for the railroad. He falls in love with uh, a woman along the way who is strangled to death by the Swede, and then he f- ends up marrying another woman that he impri- a Mormon woman that he impregnates. He's basically forced to marry her, but he still falls for her. And then through difficulties and this and that and on and on and on, he ends up losing her. She doesn't die, and but you know his son and her they end up she ends up marrying somebody else and on and on and on. But there's a big story behind that. So he can never seem to find love or happiness for the most part. And when he does, it gets it taken away. And so my wife was very pleased to see that he was going after this one girl that he, you know, he actually told her that he loved and everything. So for that aspect, she was very excited about it. Um, I just thought it was a very satisfying ending as well. You know, they, we got the, uh, we got a big fight at the beginning 
set to some weird music, like just been their their pattern in the in, in the past. But it was a a weird, fun little brawl between the uh, two train companies after the train uh, the work was all done and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was good. It was good. I liked it. I'm I'm sad that it's gone. I'd love I I they should do another season or at least like a TV movie, five seasons in a movie. <laughs> Uh, it's six seasons in a movie. I know, but we're not going to get six seasons. So five seasons in a movie. <laughs> so we can at least, like, you know, uh, him getting to China and finding her and everything. I think that would be more satisfying, I think, to know that he ended up with her. But, it, except yeah. for one thing. Like, yeah. every woman that's been in his life has either gone off with someone else or died. Yeah, I know, I know. But she didn't. She Hopefully ran... May stays hidden. Well, she went to China because... Um, she feared for her life. Well, yes and no, but not because of him. It's because she was accused of being a murderer oh. because of Chang, the, she, the, the the guy that owned all – basically didn't own her, but he was kind of like the, the, the head Chinese guy that was in charge of all the railroad workers. And she gotcha. was disguised as a boy railroad worker. And that was the point. Like her father was the like the translator and – and she disguised herself as a man because if she was a woman, then they'd make her become a whore. Prostitute. Wow. And okay. so, yeah. And so then when they finally found out that she was a woman, which you knew, you knew it was going to happen eventually, then Chang basically was like, you're my property. You're going to become a prostitute. And then Chang ends up getting killed by Bohannon. But the Chinese corporation out of San Francisco that – that runs everything, you know, blames her, and so she's now wanted for murder, uh, so she'd have to hide out. Gotcha. And so they would never stop looking for her, and Bohan would never stop fighting for her, and so she fled to protect him. But she left the address in China where she was going to be for him. Gotcha. But he didn't know it until he finally had someone translate it for him. And then after that, he was like, well, I guess I'm going to China. It was good. It was satisfying. I liked it. Excellent. I wish I wish they had more. Uh, I saw a trailer for a new series that actually started up that Saturday night called American West, and it's an eight part. It's an eight or six or eight part miniseries event. I haven't really looked into it yet, but it looks like they just tell the story of like Billy the Kid and Jesse James and on and on and on. Um, so. I don't know if, if they go the fictional route, but just use those characters or if they're actually showing it historically accurate, quote-unquote. But it looks pretty cool, so I'm, I'm probably going to check that out. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And just so you know, I'm behind on Preacher because I just haven't had the chance to catch oh, up. That's terrible. Tonight, as we're recording this, is yeah. the season finale. Okay, well, I should... I should be caught up by next week's episode when we record for next week. Okay. I probably, um, I, but I wouldn't have watched Stranger Things by then, but I'll be caught up on Preacher. <laughs> well, uh, I won't get into too much detail for you, but I've got to say, I, I didn't take notes on like specifics from the show, but I had to write down one line yeah. because at one point, uh, a guy literally walks up to a crowd and they're like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm okay. And then he looks down at his hands that are kind of bloody, and he looks back up, and he goes, Preacher shot my dick off. <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, get this man some ice. Get him over <laughs> And that right there just kind of set the tone for the whole episode. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, it's ramping up. It's the season finale tonight. 
kinda. Uh, yeah. A lot of movement has been made. A lot of stuff has happened, and you will be happy to know that we get the final part of the Ratwater series. Oh, good. And then it turns into a supercut of the Ratwater series, and we finally get some kind of an explanation, and you're going to be happy. It is well, it's last, satisfying. Good. I, I like satisfying. The last episode I saw was when um, Jackie Her Earl Haley yep. and his group were advancing on the church. Yep. And this one, the I, so I think I'm three episodes behind. Nope, you're two it, episodes behind. Three if you count the season finale tonight. Okay, so all right, yeah. Yeah, so. that first episode is where we started off with preacher shot my dick off. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, it, when you see the conclusion at the end of that second episode, yeah, the one right before the season finale, you're gonna go, ooh, I can picture you like clapping your hands together, rubbing them vigorously because. It's a good payoff for the Ratwater. Nice. I'm I telling love, you. I really enjoy the Ratwater story. So. It's, the payoff is worth it. Trust me. I can't awesome. wait to talk about it next week. Awesome. Um, I wanted to say, I had mentioned this last episode, and I think I've finally come to a decision. I think I'm done with the last ship. Cause, oh, yeah? Yeah, because it's not the last ship. You know, the past couple episodes, it's been chased down by four destroyers and, and a couple other... Um, Chinese warships, and it's not the same show anymore. It's, huh. it's just not fun. And it's yep. it used to be high tension because they were basically living on a floating fortress, but they couldn't put in a port here or there because there were anarchists everywhere. So, you know, it was like, how are we going to gas up? How are we going to survive? Where are we going to get food? And now it's like, they're just another ship. You know? They're, they're dodging minefields and stuff. And No, I think I'm done with it. It's it stinks when you really got into a show, and then as it goes on, you're just like, ugh. Yeah. And you really like, like, with Smallville, like, I stuck to it. And it <laughs> did get better after a few seasons of crap. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know the, what you're saying. I, I felt Smallville never came back from the, uh, I believe it was season five, when they had Jensen Ackles on there, and him and his mother were searching for crystals from Krypton, and everyone was trying to find the crystals. I just, I couldn't get into it after that. I watched it straight yeah. through till the end for that horrible CG Tom Welling in Superman suit. Which it, we never got. <sighs> oh. We never, we never saw him in the suit. We saw basically an animated figure flying through the yes. sky. But we yes. never saw Tom Welling in the suit. No. Which is really the payoff we deserved. Yes, it really was. Ten seasons we sat through that stuff. Yeah. And we didn't even get to see Tom Welling in a Superman costume. Nope, we did not. Speaking of Superman costume, did you see the photo they released of Supergirl and the guy playing Superman? No, I didn't. Okay, well, go Google it so okay. we can talk about it. All right. And he looks kind of like a he looks he looks like a douchebag. Oh no! You still there? Yeah, I prematurely hit the mute okay. button. Yeah, I'm I'm really not. Uh, I'm, I I was I I'm looking at it. And I'm like, it doesn't look like Superman. And I know it seems. Oh odd my to god. Say that. <laughs> It looks like um, the the Frankenstein's monster put on a Superman suit. He doesn't look, and he's like, she's almost as big as him, and like, you know what I mean? Like he doesn't. He's. I'm not saying Superman has to look like the like He Man or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. It doesn't have to be some big muscular guy because Superman, you know, he he's muscular. He's not muscular, but he's strong because he's an alien and he gets his strength from the sun. So he doesn't need to be six pack abs full of muscles or anything like that. You know. But he doesn't look like Superman. No, no. Looks like a little I, kid wearing a costume. 
I'm not a fan of the look. Yeah, me neither. At all. Not at all. Nope. That so, one's getting a thumbs down from me. Yeah, disappointing, right? Yep. Yeah, all right. I agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, now, while we're talking about guys in costumes... Yeah. What do you think about the Kid Flash costume? Okay. <clears throat> Let's get into this stuff. So... Uh, you want to just talk about the costume now? We'll talk about yeah. the trailer later. Okay. I the, I haven't seen the trailer for the new Flash. Is what? There I there's a trailer, there a trailer for season three. I didn't know there was a trailer for season three out. Oh, dude. Yeah, when I messaged you earlier and said that I was going to talk about the Comic Con stuff. Yeah. Flash I, season well, three. Well, I was season five. in Maryland with no Wi-Fi. No, that was earlier today. Earlier this morning. I know, but like I couldn't keep up on the Comic Con stuff as it was rolling out. I couldn't watch gotcha. it. Keep up on it. Well, um. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. But, yeah, the Kid Flash outfit. Now, I got into a, a discussion with uh, Rude on, when he posted the picture. Yeah. And the thing is, here, here's my thought process. It has nothing to do with the fact that this Wally West is African-American because that was brought up. Is it because he's African-American? No. The thing is, Kid Flash's costume always had the top cut out because he had that big bush of red hair sticking out. You know, his hair was coming out of the top of the costume, and it kind of looked good that way. It looked like, you know, he didn't want to mess up his do. You know, like J.D. would always wear the, the hair mitt on uh, Scrubs so that he didn't mess up his hair when he rode his scooter. But in this case, with this Wally, it doesn't look like there's any purpose for the top part of it being cut off. Like, zoom, reverse flash, flash... All these speedsters have the full hoods that cover their entire head. This time, it just looks silly. I'll give them definite credit points for going direct from the comics, direct from the cartoon. It really looks like they put some effort into that. But it just looks funny with the top part missing, for me at least. Otherwise, I think it's it's a faithful recreation. Um, things always look different when they come from the comic page to real life. You know, in the comics, it's smooth and it's kind of skin tight because that's how the artists draw it. And in real life, it's leathery and bulky and kind of looks, you know, heavy and hot, actually. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I was kind of surprised that um, they told us, basically, that he was going to be Kid Flash. Like, Like, the reveal was, oh, by the way... He, here he is. Like, I was kind of surprised the way they unveiled it, I guess. There's um, a reason behind that, though. What's that reason? They said that I they were they were getting ready to film in some outside shots, oh, and they so knew people, people would, were going to yeah. leak it. So they yeah. said, we'll get ahead of it, and we'll just reveal it now. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I'm kind of... I, I, I lean towards what you say. Yeah. Yeah, I lean towards agreeing with what you say. Okay. I, um, I don't hate it, but, um, I don't know, it's... And um, so I'm, I'm just while you were talking, I did watch half of that <laughs> Flash trailer. Yep. And um, yeah, they're doing Flashpoint. They are doing Flashpoint. And that's pretty awesome. And I heard it's going to affect the other shows as well. I hope so. Like from what I was reading, it's it's going to have adverse effects on all because they're all in the same universe. It has to. Right. And so yeah, they're but they're they're doing they're doing Flashpoint. That's well, awesome. So some of the stuff that I'll bring up you might have missed because it was Comic-Con related. But on that note, um, they were talking about Legends of Tomorrow and yeah. they said that they're going to have the Legion of Doom. And their version of the Legion of Doom is going to be people that we've already seen. So it's going to be Damien Dark, Reverse Flash, Captain Cold, and um, 
John Barrowman's character. Um, why can't I think of it? Malcolm Merlin. Malcolm Merlin. Yeah. So those four will be making up the Legion of Doom to the Justice Society of America, who we've already met, Our Man, and there's a couple others that have been guaranteed to be on there, um, which is interesting because are they going to be taking on Flashpoint versions of these villains? Or are they going to be taking on just these villains from different timelines? Like maybe the villains got their hands on some time travel technology. Because Captain Cold, as we all remember from first season of Legends of Tomorrow, nobly sacrificed himself. So now he's going to be a member of the Legion of Doom. How are they planning on doing that? You know, again, alternate reality or time travel or some combination? Um, probably Flashpoint. Which would be great. It's I, I, I think it's going to be Flashpoint related, which, by the way, I just finished that trailer, and it is awesome. <laughs> Isn't it? It, it I really love is. seeing the heavily bearded reverse Flash. Yes. He will be the reverse Flash of the Legion of Doom. Okay. Nice. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, so here's the interesting thing about the trailers from Comic-Con. Okay, so you had trailers like that that were, you know, there were little flashes from the other seasons, no pun intended. Um, Uh, But for the most part, it was all uh, what's coming up in the next season. Then you had shows like Gotham or Lucifer, where they'd be like, here's the teaser for the next season of Lucifer. And it was like two minutes long and a minute and 40 seconds was all just scenes from the first season. And they never included any scenes that showed Trisha Helfer, even though they've already announced a month ago that she's going to be the mother that escaped from hell in season two. So it was really disappointing. Gotham was the same way. Gotham's trailer for season three was I think four minutes and 20 seconds or something. And almost four minutes of that was nothing but rehashes from the past two seasons. Don't give me a teaser trailer for the next season by just showing me everything that happened. This isn't a previously on, this should be wetting my appetite for the next season. Like flash did with flashpoint. Also, there's a season five arrow trailer out there and it did nothing to make me want to go back to that show. Like I'm still going to watch it obviously because they're all interconnected, but watching the trailer for it and watching Oliver just, just really, yeah, he just destroys some rookies because now they're going to be adding new members to the team. And so he just beats them all up and they're adding new members to the team. Yeah. Like Mr. Terrific is going to be there. Oh, yeah, yeah, because John's gone, and, okay, yeah, sorry, Diggles, okay, yeah, yeah. makes sense. And they're also bringing on Artemis, you know, the girl who um, was pretending to be Laurel Lance or Black Canary in the last season. She's going to come on as another archer named Artemis. Okay. And there's a Hispanic guy who's going to be, like, something, I can't remember what his name was. It was something weird, like Bad Dog or something. It... They're just, it's more punching and kicking. You know, the preview just made it look like every other fight montage that we've seen in Arrow before. So it really didn't impress me to make me be like, oh, they're finally turning it around. They're finally going to bring it back to what we liked about Arrow in the first place. And there were flashbacks. Yeah, there were flashbacks, Mike. We're getting more flashbacks. You're watching it right now, aren't you? Nope, I'm watching Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, okay. Um,. But yeah, um, I don't like it when they do the trailers like the Gotham and the um, Lucifer Lucifer one where they just show you all the old stuff. Yeah, see, that's like, oh, we've got something for Comic-Con. It's not much, though. No. <laughs> the Legends of Tomorrow one looks good. Yeah. 
Yeah, Legends, that looks pretty solid. Legends, I'm excited about. Yeah, even though the first season kind of, I didn't like a lot of it. Yeah, I was very vocal about that. Did they do a Supergirl one? Not that I saw. Okay. Um, they did a couple of teasers for Netflix. So they had, uh, you might have seen the teaser yes, for Iron Fist. I did. I saw the teaser for Iron Fist. I thought that was great. Yep. Very short, but I good. I that a lot. Um, even shorter was the one for Daredevil Season 3 that just basically showed a sign with the number 3 on it. You know, like the lights went out and the number 3 was lit up. Yes. And then I saw, um, I saw Iron Fist. Yep. Yeah, I watched the Iron Fist one as well. So uh, they had an extended one for Luke Cage. Yeah, I watched the Luke Cage one. Yes, that's gonna yeah. be good. Uh, yes, that one does look really good. Yeah, they really—that was a full-on trailer. Yes, that was, and it was nice seeing him in action. You know, ripping the car door off and using it as a shield, even though bullets just bounce off bounce him anyway. Off him anyways, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they. Uh, they also had a little teaser there for the Defenders, and it was mostly just playing audio clips from the other shows. Yep, I saw that teaser as well for the Defenders. Yeah, um, I'm excited. But still, I'm looking forward to all of them. Yes. And then I guess we're not going to get season two of Jessica Jones and Punisher until 18. Yeah. Yeah, they're taking their time with that. Well, if they're trying to do it right. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I think they're doing. I don't know how much they're going to integrate it into the rest. Of the um, Marvel Universe, or if they're gonna like, you know, how Agents of Shield goes with the movies a lot. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, it did the first season more so than it does now, but still, it has the movie. The outcomes in the movie does affect the, the, the show. show. Yes. I wonder if they're gonna keep the Netflix universe kind of like they're gonna acknowledge things going on, but they're not gonna be as intertwined. Right. Right. It would not make sense for them to keep themselves separate where we've got Spider-Man coming up, who's a kid right. from Queens, and he's yes. literally in the backyard of these heroes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. But, like, I don't think he'll be as fully involved no. as. That way they can take the time and do the yeah. shows. Like, right. maybe he'll make a joke about, you know, yeah, I was going to dress up like a devil, but some other guy beat me to it or something. Right, right. Or, like, when they on Daredevil or Jessica Jones, where they make vague references to you know what's happened like in New York or this or right or right um you know or like all oh, all these costume guys going around and because like seriously like i i'm so excited about the punisher yeah <laughs> like this season of daredevil was so good for the most part so good yeah well i think like i wasn't a huge fan of the electrical electro parts i love the punisher parts john barenthal's the punisher is amazing yep i've watched I've gone back and watched like a couple of his episodes, especially the ones where he does his, his great monologues that are just <laughs> phenomenal. Because um, I, I, I just enjoy it. So, but Netflix and Marvel, they're doing it right. Yes. Uh, speaking of which, did you see that they had a, another very short teaser uh, that Ghost Rider is coming to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Well, Rude was very excited about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was telling me about it uh, before I left vacation and everything. Um, but yes, I did see that as well. So um, I'm curious to see how they're going to do that. It'll be interesting. Um, like I'm hoping it's not just a one-off kind of thing. Like he's in one episode and then they move on. I feel like he'd have to be in several episodes. If they're going to bring somebody that prolific. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I say prolific. You know, he wasn't the biggest star in the comics, but he's got a lot of history. There have been a number of different Ghost Riders. He's had a number of comic books. He's had two terrible movies with Nicolas Cage. Go ahead, send me all the hate, the hate mail you want, but those were terrible. Horrible. (laughs) Those were, you know, I watched them both. They were bad. Mm -hmm. They were bad. There was a reason why he basically financed the second one. So he plays yeah. comic book character. Yep. Well, do you want to keep down the trailer road of things? Sure. All right. So I watched the Justice League trailer. Yes. I watched it twice, actually. Yep, I've seen it and three the, times. The one thing I came away from it, the thing, the, the biggest thing I came away from that, with that or whatever, is how much lighter the trailer is than anything Batman v Superman. Yes. There's joking. There's... You know what I mean? Like the whole trailer is very lighthearted. Yeah. Even was, even Batman seemed lighter. Yes. And and they didn't they I don't know if they did it on purpose, but they did a really but I did see promotional footage later, but they didn't mention or do, show or do anything with Superman or Clark at all in it. Right. And then I saw like a promotional photo for it or something later on and there's Superman front and center. Right. You know, um but I so. think I think that the lightheartedness of this, yeah, I think that they put that trailer together like that because that was one of the biggest criticisms of Batman vs Superman was that there was yeah. literally no lightheartedness. So it felt like they were like, "Oh yeah, we'll watch this." Yeah, well, but it made me want to watch that movie. Not just the lightheartedness, but it seemed like the like you've heard me on this before. Yeah, Grant Gustin is my Barry Allen. I love yes. him. The TV show is great. Yes, but you know, seeing Ezra Miller who just Ezra Miller is a guy with resting bitch face. Yeah. But seeing him in this role, I felt good. I was like, yes. And I kind of wondered like when Batman's in his, you know, hideout lair room, whatever, um, you see the flash costume kind of hanging there, but it looks like a normal flash costume. Yet we see him all armored up in the trailer yeah. and we've seen him in the promotional videos. I wonder if they're pulling a, what um, Tony Stark did for Spider-Man kind of gave him a new suit. Oh yeah. I'm wondering yeah. if Batman's like, Hey, we could do better for this suit, you know, and he's going to be the one to, I mean, I did like that part in the trailer where he comes in where, you know, where Barry Allen comes in and he's like, Oh, Barry, I'm, I'm Bruce Wayne. He's like, and you say that like, it's supposed to make me feel good about a strange man sitting in my hideout. Basically. My second favorite chair. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like that, and then, you know, the, the whole bit with where how he was looking for Aquaman and everything. Yeah. Like, it was done well. Yep. It was done well. Like, it, actually, I watched that trailer and I go, you know what? I do want to watch that movie. I, I don't like Cyborg's look, though. No, I don't like it either. It was very, like, geometric. Yeah. I don't know why, like, I know... It was, it was boxy, wasn't it? Not just boxy, but, like, weird angles and weird, like, pieces jutting out here and there. Yeah. It it just it looked like it was carved out of a crystal rather than uh, metal that can adapt and move. Yeah. It, yeah, that was weird. But yeah, it definitely felt better. Yeah, I I'm like excited it. to see this one. Whereas yes. from the first trailer I saw for Batman vs Superman, I was like, I don't know that I want to see that movie. Yeah. And then, um, well, the trailer for Wonder Woman. Yeah. I cannot wait to go see this movie. I cannot either. I uh, like that. Just it looks so good. Yes. And I love the time frame it's taking place in. Yep. And it just like I watched that trailer. I don't know three, four times or whatever. <laughs> um, 
That was awesome. Where I come from, we call that a slave. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like I like her (laughs) again. Way more lighthearted. Yep. Than Batman vs Superman. I mean, you just when you're watching a dark and depressing movie that doesn't have any like happiness at all along the way, it's 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 rough. Right. And three hours of that Batman vs Superman, it was rough. It was. You know, um, I'm not going to beat that dead horse. We talked, we gave it plenty of time already, so I'm not going <laughs> to yes, talk about it. Yep. It's in the past. We'll move to the future. But I don't know, actually, have we talked about it since the big reveal of Lex Luthor? I honestly don't remember. Uh, you and I have talked about it, yes. But on the sh- on the show we have? No, we have not. Okay. So, yeah. Um, we were talking about how Lex Luthor wasn't Lex Luthor and on and on and on. Or like the Joker and, than anything. Exactly. And then Aaron Bell points out to me, oh, well, um, yeah. He's not Lex Luthor. He's not Lex Luthor on this. Yeah, because that's right. Aaron didn't listen to the episode until after we recorded episode 19. But he's like, oh, no, that's Lex Luthor's son. That's Alexander Luthor Jr. And I was like, what? And... I went back and looked, and I finally found some vague tweet, like a year ago, that says, yeah, he's not playing Lex Luthor, he's playing Lex Luthor Jr., so where's Lex Luthor? Right. Is he dead? Is he gone? Is he alive? That's never addressed. But even then, if you look at promotional material, if you look at the credits at the end of the movie, if you look at IMDb, Jesse Eisenberg plays Lex Luthor. Luthor. Everybody who ever interviewed him asked him about his take on Lex Luthor. He said, my view on Lex Luthor is this. I don't, I mean, kudos for finding that tweet, but as far as I'm concerned, the people that created this movie deemed him Lex Luthor. You know, I can't justify his behavior by saying, oh, well, somebody really meant it to be Alexander Luther. I just, I can't do that. I can't cut them slack for that. And really, it's just another thing that, like, makes me hate Zack Snyder even more. Yeah. Of him messing around and playing all these little little games with the characters. And it's like, he's like, oh, I'm going to make... The... It's like he's, he's sitting around with his buddies, laughing over jokes that only he and his buddies get. Right. And, and his buddies are actually invisible friends. Pretty much, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, I just, I'm trying not to curse up a storm, to be honest, but it's I can't think right. of any other... Can't think of any other way to describe my <laughs> my distaste and displeasure for his games he's playing with the characters. But whatever, I, I digress. That's right. Um, moving on. Moving I'm actually on. looking forward to Wonder Woman. I'm looking forward to Justice League, and I'm also looking forward to the trailer I saw. Sorry, I dropped my pad of paper. Uh, I saw a trailer and a movie I never heard that was coming out. Tom Hiddleston's in it, so I mean that's got to be good, right? Kong Skull Island. Yes. Did you see that? Yep. That looks awesome. I I have a thing with King Kong movies. Yeah. I'm kind of over them. Yeah. The, the the trailer does look really good, but I'm definitely not that excited to go see it because it's just another King Kong movie. Again, I think it's because it's it's not because it's a period piece, but the time <laughs> frame it takes place in. Yep. yep. I enjoy that. Um, it just looks like a great flick. I actually, I never watched, oh, Lord of the Rings director, what's his name? Peter Jackson. I never watched Peter Jackson's King Kong movie that he did. So you swap Adrian Brody in for uh, Tom Hiddleston, there's your movie. Uh, I don't know. And it had Jack Black. 
Yeah, this has got Samuel L. Jackson and John Goodman and Tom Hiddleston, and so I, I do want to see this. I do want to see this. So I, I thought the trailer was awesome. Kind of, I'm kind of excited to watch that. Good. I, I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just saying that for me, it's it's a pass. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I did see an odd trailer for a movie that I hadn't heard of. Okay. Uh, King Arthur. I watched that trailer as well. It's got the guy that was on King, uh, not Hell on Wheels. Um, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, yeah. Charlie yeah. Hoonan. Yeah, yeah. He's playing uh, Arthur in that. I, I I watched this trailer and I kept like, I felt like I was going through waves. Like, I saw Charlie Hoonan and I went, oh God, they're putting this guy in there because they want the women to have something to look at. And sure enough, there's many scenes of shirtless guys, including him. And then... I got peaked because I saw some of the CG and I saw what looks like a pretty convincing Morgan Le Fay. And then it dropped down again when I, I'm trying to figure out if they're like, are they street thugs or are they like muscle for a local collection agency? Yeah, yeah. And then it went back up again when it said from Guy Ritchie. And I went, oh. Yeah, yeah. Same I, I here. love the last two Sherlock Holmes movies. Except for that Madonna on the Island movie he made. <sighs> yep. Uh, otherwise, Snatch was amazing and awesome. And then the two Sherlock Holmes movies were fantastic. And yep. and I've I've enjoyed every Guy Ritchie movie really, except the one of Madonna on the Island. So yeah, when I saw that, I was like, ooh, hey, Guy Ritchie. Yep. And then we've got Arthur pulling the sword, and then there's pit bulls on leashes, and then at one point he's actually wearing what looks like a leather jacket from that period. Yeah. Yep, I saw that. It was really bizarre. Like, I really, I kept being like, ooh, aw, ooh, aw. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I watched it. I reacted the same way when I watched it. <laughs> I, watched I was like, I, I got done and I couldn't decide, do I actually want to watch this movie? Exactly. Yeah. I, I was like typing my notes and I'm like, am I going to give this a pass or am I going to give this a sell? I don't know. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I, I think I need to see a little bit more about it, like some of the story plot details and maybe another trailer. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, so um, I, I saw a trailer for Mechanic Resurrection. Are you familiar oh, Jason with the Statham? Movie? Jason Statham, let's be honest, except for Snatch, he pretty much plays the same character in every movie he's in. Correct. The British he, version of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Basically, yeah, he plays the same character of every movie he's in. You know, he's a badass, and I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong; I enjoy watching him. It's just essentially, all right. So Jason Statham in this movie, and this character's name is, you know, such and such. And okay, all right. So it's just this is the name of this character, and his job is an assassin. <laughs> Perfect. Now he's just going to fight and beat everybody up and kill a bunch of people. Yep. You know, or in this movie, all right, his name is X, and he is a father defending his daughter. Okay, cool. He's going to beat a bunch of people up and kill a bunch of people. You know, you know what like, he is? What? He is the badass man version of Rob Schneider. <laughs> because Rob Schneider is the same guy in every one of his movies, just in the exact opposite direction. That's awesome. <laughs> so I watched the, the trailer for Mechanic Resurrection, and basically... He's an assassin. He's a hitman, basically. And uh, in this version of the film, his wife gets kidnapped, and he has 36 hours to kill X number of people. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's I'm not, well, I'm not 
Like they I'm give not... him a hit list or something? Yeah, basically, yeah. Oh, you have so 36 it's not like Space to... where he's just making his way through the ranks. No, 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 no. It's like you have 36 hours to kill <laughs> these people, and then we'll release your wife or whatever. So, and then they just go on to show him like he's basically uh, attacking to kill a bunch of people. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is also in it. And um, so uh, it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to the theaters and watch this. It's going to be more like, oh, hey, look what's on Netflix type of thing. Right. Didn't the first one have Pretty Boy there in it? Yeah, I think so. You know who I'm talking about. The kid from The Notebook. Yeah, Ryan yeah, Gosling. yeah. Yeah, it had Gosling in it. Yeah, I believe so. As like the rookie or something. Like he was yeah. on the ropes of being a murderer. Right, right. But um, anyway, so I saw that one. And then... I saw another trailer, which I'm going to watch this movie, rather. I don't know if I'll watch it in the theater. Maybe. I don't know. But it's called Skip Trace. Okay. Have you seen this one? No. It's a Jackie Chan flick. Oh, okay. That explains everything. It's a stereotypical Jackie Chan American movie where it's Jackie Chan and, you know... Kevin Hart? American guy. And it's not Owen, Owen Wilson, and it's not Chris Tucker this time. It's Johnny Knoxville. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And essentially... Johnny Knoxville, there's Jackie Chan's bringing him in, almost like have you, have you seen the rundown? Yeah, oh yeah, I love the rundown. Okay, it's basically the rundown, but with Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville, and Jackie oh. Chan's playing the the rock character, and and Johnny Knoxville is playing the uh, Sean William Scott, Sean William Scott character, kind of. That's, but I'll still watch it because you know how much I like Jackie Chan. Yep, and surprisingly, I love the rundown. Uh, that's a great flick. That movie has got all kind. I love. My favorite scene in that movie, and I've stolen this this line a lot whenever it's possible. My favorite scene in the movie is when he's in the bar in Brazil, and he's talking <laughs> about the Brazil nuts and how expensive they are, and on and on and on. And she just goes, yeah, we just call them nuts here because <laughs> we're in Brazil. And, and, and just, the, tree in, the tree in the backyard is where yeah, you can get those. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. So it's like, fast forward, I'm watching uh, Russell Kingdom 10 this year, and there's this guy named uh, Fujiwara, and he invented or perfected the Fujiwara armbar. And the American commentator goes, and there's Fujiwara putting the, I guess he just calls it an armbar on the guy. <laughs> so. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I saw a preview for Jack Reacher 2. I also saw that. Was that the one where the sheriff shows up to handcuff him in the beginning? Yes. And he says two things are about to happen. One, yeah. that phone's going to ring, and two, we're going to put these handcuffs on you, and you're going to jail. Yeah. And then it happens. Yeah. Well, it, all, it starts out with what's going on here. Well, that one guy beat up one guy beat up all these guys. Yeah. Still sitting in there. Yeah. Um, I know Rude has a problem with with Tom Clint Eastwood. Jeez, with Tom Cruise playing. I don't know where that came from. I think you need to get turn in your man card if you're confusing Tom Cruise. <sighs> no, I'm not. I'm not. But anyways, um, yeah, Root has a problem with Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher because Tom Cruise is you know five six, and he's not a big stop, you know, big felt whatever looking guy. And in the books, in the lead child books, Jack Reacher is like six three, and he's just jacked and built and and everything. He did enjoy the first Jack Reacher movie. Good. Um, but he just has a problem with Tom Cruise playing him because he doesn't find him to be believable. I think, like, if, let's just say, The Rock was playing mm. Jack Reacher, it would be more believable to Root. I have a problem with Tom Cruise in general. Yeah? Yeah. I just don't like him. I think he's a little psychotic, his acting is a bit over the top, and 
if you notice in his movies, he always, like the camera angles and everything, he always appears to be taller. Like, yes. he kind of goes crazy and insists that they make him look like a tall person, even though he's really short. Yep, yep. Well, he's got, you know, he's, he's got the uh, the pull to do that. Yep. So. But that looks like it'll be a fun movie. I, again, I don't know about theater. Maybe exactly. Netflix. I don't, exactly. I'll definitely watch it at some point. I don't know if I'm going to go theater-bound on that. Um, but yeah, I'll watch it at some point. They had uh, Walking Dead did another trailer like the other ones where it was like all these scenes from the first couple seasons yeah. before finally getting to like a minute of new footage. I'm just not going to bother with Walking Dead anymore. I still love it. I'm very right excited ahead. to see this. Um, it A lot of scenes of Negan kind of... They were very careful about showing scenes that didn't include any of the people who were kneeling down at Lucille. Yeah. Um, but a lot of scenes of Negan. We got some scenes of uh, Ezekiel the big black guy with the dreadlocks and the tiger who runs the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it's going to be a tense season. I'm excited about that. Didn't need to see three minutes of previously on before seeing the little yeah. clip that I got to see. Uh, say, Star Trek Discovery, you know, the new Star Trek series. Yeah. Another teaser. Just like... Oh, I didn't know there was another teaser. Oh, and it's called Discovery. Yep. And it was okay, just that's it, another new new bit then. Yeah, it panned across uh, a ship that looks kind of like the Enterprise, um, launching out into space, and then just said it's coming soon to CBS on demand and streaming services and such. I'm, I'm actually very excited about that. Like, I am I, too. I'm, I'm I'm yeah I'm looking forward to that. Yep. I'm trying to think about, I think that was all the trail. There were a lot of trailers. It's been two weeks, so. There were a lot of tra- oh, I saw the Red Band trailer for Sausage Party, so finally got to see the oh, humor and the it, swearing, yeah. and that's definitely something I can wait for Netflix. But I like the concept of it. I think it's just going to be ridiculous, and I think that that'll be something like some days you just you're like I need something ridiculous, something that I can just laugh to, and I don't have to put too much into. And I think Sausage Party is going to be that. Just a ridiculous movie. Well, that sounds cool. Hold on one second. More than one second, everybody. Just that is an Enterprise-esque ship. Yep. It's coming out of the launch bay. Is that the one you saw? Yep. Good music. Yeah, I can hear it. Well, I got it loud. Yeah, okay, it's called the USS Discovery. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. I'm a. I'm very excited about this. <clears throat> Me too. Oh. And they did kind of the badge. They kind of. It's a little different. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, it's it's amazing. We had Star Trek on for so many years, from when the Next Generation took off. Mm-hmm. And then we had the Next Generation, and we had. Um, Deep Space Nine, and we had the other one, with Voyager. the Voyager. Thank you, Captain Jane. And then we Jane. had, Ener- yeah, sorry. And then we had Enterprise. Yep. Which I enjoyed Enterprise. I did as well. Scott Bakula was excellent. I mean, it's Scott Bakula as Archer, who right. would later be seen in the movies as Admiral Archer. Exactly. So I mean, I I enjoyed all that. And so is <laughs> Discovery. Reason. The timeline again. I'm. I'm, I'm watching this. It's taking place after 
When, when's it falling in line? Uh, I believe it's falling in line around the time of the classic series and what the new movies are falling into. Okay. All right. If I'm not mistaken. All right. Fair enough. I'm sure Morang will correct us on this. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if I haven't uh, already looked it up before then. Speaking of Star Trek, I went to the movies when I was in Maryland, and I went star saw Star Trek uh, Beyond there. I saw Star Trek Beyond up here. What did you think of it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yep. I was worried originally because I thought, you know, Justin Lin, Fast and the Furious, it's going to be, everyone kept calling it, and I even got in on that, you know, Too yeah. Trek, Too Furious, or something like that. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. I do agree that classically, Star Trek, Next Generation, Voyager, etc., um, are more diplomatic, more cerebral yeah. than just all-out action, which this one definitely was. But I still really enjoyed it for what it was. Nice. Yeah, I, I too. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I. Uh, I really enjoyed Zachary Quinto as Spock. I enjoyed Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. And I enjoyed, I don't know what his name is, the guy that plays Bones. Oh, um. I will go as far as to say is I love, I love him as Bones. <laughs> he is awesome. All I could think of was Judge Dredd, and I'm like, no, that's yeah, not his I name. Know. Right, right. But yep, he was Carl. Judge Dredd, the new Judge Dredd. Yep. But I tell you what, those characters together, in all three of those movies, the way they interact with each other, I said this after the second flick. I'm going to keep saying it now. If they did a TV series with them as the actors, <laughs> as the characters, I would love it. Yep. I would love to watch a series because these actors together playing those characters, I I love it. Absolutely love it. Chris Pine is so great as Shatner. I mean, <laughs> Shatner. As he did have a few Shatner Kirk. moments, though, didn't he? Yes, he did. He did. Are and you telling me that you can't fly this thing? I'm like, <laughs> dude, dude. <laughs> You know, and um, Zachary Quinto, I mean, Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Zachary Quinto with Spock, Zachary Quinto Spock, okay, okay. But no, I, I love Zachary Quinto with Spock. He is amazing as Spock. Yep. And then, the guy, like I said, the guy that plays Bones. Absolutely love him as Bones. The way, just it's just so great. The way he just hates he's, everything. Yep. He's so pessimistic <laughs> about everything. But in a hilarious way. I mean, yes. I just, I love it. Yeah, I think he's it's not great. so much a downer as he's like no, he's just like a comedic kind. Yes, of. yes, it, he does it in a way with which it's not depressing; it's funny. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I I actually look forward to watching it again. I don't know if I'll go to the theaters again and see it. Right. But I definitely look forward to watching it again, so I can see those you know other little things maybe I missed. I will say this though. Um, the second they introduced, uh, it was it crawl. Uh, was that it? Crawl or something like crawl. that. I think it was crawl when they introduced him and we saw the old, well, sorry. As soon as we saw the, uh, the old video footage on the, was it the Franklin, my brain yes. stopped functioning for some reason. Um, I was like, Oh, he was on the old ship. I don't know. I didn't know. I, I didn't call him being the captain of the old vessel, but I was like, these guys were the, the ship. They were the crew of this ship that's disappeared. Right. 
especially after we saw how he would suck the life force out of people to make, you know, to continue himself or whatever. I was like, yep. right, because that's standard Starfleet procedure. Exactly. But yeah, I was just immediately like, yep, okay. So I, I know that these guys are the missing crew of the ship or, you know, they've been it. Because I'm like, he has to have a reason why he hates the Federation and wants to destroy it and everything involved with it. And it's because he feels abandoned. He feels like he was abandoned after the war. After the war, yeah. Well, he, well, yeah, actually, yeah, going beyond there, he hates the Federation because they didn't make him, he wasn't a soldier anymore. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it gave justification. I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of people were happy that they didn't try to. I liked Benedict Cumberpatch's con. Yes, I didn't I have did a too. problem with it at nope. all. I, I enjoyed it. I, did I know there well. were some con purists that hated that they tried to redo the character because they loved that movie so much. So, I mean, I guess I'm glad they went with an original story for this movie as opposed to trying to, you know, maybe do their own version of the original part three. Right. Um, two. Three. Yeah. Three. Yeah, because Con was two. So, uh, but I, I would love to see another movie. I hope they do a fourth movie. I think that they're already uh, – actually, they are already planning it because they said that Chris Hemsworth is going to be back as um, Kirk's dad in some way, shape, or form. But he's already signed on. Oh, okay. That'll be now, I mean, he died in the first movie, sacrificing right. himself to stop Nero's ship. Exactly. But they said that he has signed on to be in the fourth movie, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> that will be interesting. Could be alternate timeline, mirror universe. Ooh, they haven't touched the mirror universe yet. I wonder, though, like, because they talked about William Shatner was going to have like, a cameo in this movie or something like that. They somehow found a way to involve him. I remember reading it, like, you know, and I thought, oh, how are they going to do this like they did Spock? And I'm like, is it is it because they showed a picture from – is that how? I don't know. Yeah, because I don't remember seeing him in the movie any other way besides the photo. No. So. No. They, there were some nice touching tributes to Spock in this, too. Yeah, there were. There were so many good ones. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I liked seeing Scotty have more of a role, although that's also because Simon Pegg wrote the script himself. So yeah, kind they of... definitely. Well, I didn't know he wrote the script until I was watching the credits, and that popped. I went, "That's why. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." That, that was kind of nice. Oh, and yeah, I'll tell you this fun. too. Um, I had a problem with the motorcycle. Because I'm like, why do they have a motorcycle on a starship? Why? And after the movie, I was sitting there with Mr. Morang, and he said, well, typically, it was actually common for starship captains and people who were going to go on these trips to bring personal items with them, even if it was like, you know, an old car or a motorcycle, you know, something that reminded them of home because they were going to be out in space for so long. So I stood corrected. You stood corrected pretty much instantly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was not having any of that. My resident Star Trek aficionado was like, "No, I'm shutting you down, man." Yeah, Crawl. and good for him. <laughs> so, um, what'd you think of? Uh, I'm gonna say Layla, and that's not her name. Jayla. Jayla. What'd you think of Jayla? I really liked her. Now, I think we'll see her in in this in the, going forward. Maybe. I know they talked about her going to the Academy or whatever, but I bet you I bet you we'll see her going forward. Well, she's certainly not going to be on the next Kingsman movie, so she's, no. she's wide open for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Although... Not at all. I mean, did you see the news that um, Harry is going to be back in the second Kingsman somehow? Really? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. I want to say Colin Firth. Is that him? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, the director tweeted a photo of him with Colin Firth and said, guess who's back on set today? So I don't know if that's a flashback or if that's... I bet you, well, it has to be in some sort of flashback. He blew up in the beginning of the first one. Well, not in the beginning, but, you know, when he met with Mark Hamill's professor and the head exploded, he, like, he was in a coma for months, so maybe they're going to say that he was shot in the brain but not in the part that mattered? I don't know. <laughs> brain matter. <laughs> but, um... Uh, so, also, I was down in Maryland. I took in the uh, new Jason Bourne movie. Oh, yeah? Titled Jason Bourne. I almost went to see that this weekend, but I just couldn't, like, I couldn't bring myself. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to see it. I just, nothing, like, prompted me to. And everybody that I talked to who was like, hey, you want to go see it? They were like, eh, I can skip it. Or, eh, I'll see it maybe. So what do you think? Well, I I like the other Jason, the other Bourne movies. I like them all. Uh, Including the one with Jeremy Renner? I did like the one with Jeremy Renner. As I mean, like okay. it's it's they didn't try to say he was Jason Bourne. No, they just said he was also you know a member of Treadstone. So I mean, they yep. they made it make sense, you know, uh, in a way. Um, but I I re- I really enjoyed this flick. Um, we learned more about his history, about his past, and why he is you know how he became how to join Treadstone originally and how the deception started back there from the CIA to him and everything mm-hmm. especially involving his father um, but there were some good fight scenes there were some good action scenes mm-hmm. um, you know that one scene in the trailer have you seen the trailer I'm assuming where yeah, they yeah. show where he walks out and he punches that guy in the face with one punch and knocks him out and yep. everything that happens in the movie, but not that camera angle. You don't see that that punch in any way, shape, or form in anywhere in the movie from that camera angle. So I thought that was funny because I kept kind of waiting for that to happen. Right. And it didn't. But uh, no, I, I like the movie. I wouldn't go to the theater and see it again. No. And uh, I, I honestly can't give it the hard sell. Oh, you got to go see this on the big screen or whatever. Okay. Um, I encourage everyone to watch it. Mm-hmm. Maybe wait for home video if you want. But I definitely encourage everyone to watch it. I enjoyed the flick. It was a good action movie. It was a good. I was PG thirteen, um, so Ooh. you know, there was, but, you know, it didn't. It wasn't taken three PG thirteen where they took out all the blood to try and keep it. You know oh what my I god, mean? that was so terrible. That like, was dubbed over the language. Horrendous when they dubbed over the curse words, and you see a guy get shot point blank with a shotgun, and you see his jacket blow open. But there's no blood. No blood whatsoever. Yeah. Like, I remember, because we're sitting on, like, did they just edit out swear words? I believe they did. did they like, ju- you could did see they... his lips cursing. You could you see. You could the... literally no. see. You could see the word. He said the word fuck. And that's not what the audio we got. No. And it wasn't even good, like, you know, like, forget you, Mr. Falcon, or anything right. cool like that. It was just. It was like USA at 3 o'clock on a Sunday kind of. Yeah. Editing. Yeah, it was it was it was bad, um, and then the blood was removed. So like you, you know, they worked really hard to make this the Taken Three a PG thirteen flick. Yeah. Whereas this were this was clearly shot to be a PG thirteen to, to you know get a, a wider audience, and they they did good. You know, there's espionage, there's spying, there's going to different countries, there's you know some good fights, um, good car chases and whatnot. Of course, it did feel a little Michael Bayish at times, 
Boo. When, yeah, with with, but it wasn't it wasn't explosions. Is if you change, okay, it was the car crash. The the, the car crashing was the Michael Bay explosions in this movie. You okay. know what I mean by that? Like, yep. The, the fact, like, you take a Michael Bay movie with all his explosions and change them all to car crashes, that was his flick. Like, there was so much, there were so many cars that got stove up uh, <laughs> during the chase scene. It was, it was kind of over the top. Wow. I don't, and there's this one scene where you have to watch it, and I found myself going, could that vehicle really do that to those vehicles and still function? Like, it made me want to look it up. <laughs> yep. Like, is this actually possible? Um, and then, of course, there's there is one big plot hole which bugged me and still kind of bugs me. Okay. And it was there's a, a girl on the CIA that helps with quote fingers born. Um, Julia Stiles. No, she's in it. She, she not not Julia Stiles. She's obviously in it. You know, her character is she's basically works for a Snowden type guy. You okay. know what I mean? But anyways. But the other girl that you said. All right, oh, so her character yeah. helps Bourne, and you can tell that she doesn't like the Tommy Lee Jones character, who's the head bad guy in this one, if you will. You know, he's the head American doing things for America, but he's the bad guy, quote unquote. Merka. Yeah, but we don't know why she doesn't like him. Okay. We don't know why, other than me, like. She never even says like, "Oh, I, I don't like the way he is," or I, "I can't stand behind his actions and how and what he does," or this or that. She just doesn't like him. Doesn't want him to be the boss. She wants to be the boss. And but other than maybe that was the reason why. There's no clear cut reason or explanation or for whatever it is. No backstory given as to why she's helping Born. So. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so that one kind of plot hole, I was like, all right, well, I mean, we could assume it was this, but normally they tell you kind of point blank, this is why. Right. And they didn't at all. And then once again, like with the other movies, you know, like, like what was it, the second flick when his girlfriend gets gets killed? Splattered. Yeah, and, like, he goes kind of, like, he basically he gets sucked back into fighting with the CIA uh, because of not like a mistaken identity type of thing, so he, you know, they just assume that he's done something when he hasn't. The same scenario kicked into place here. Like um, Julia Stiles' char- character Nikki does something, and because she's associated with Jason Bourne, then it, he must be involved as well, type of thing. And that's how he gets sucked into this story. Okay. Because she does something, and she looked at like his file. So he must be involved. He must have asked her to do it. And so they just assume that, you know, he's behind it when in fact he had nothing to do with what she did. And then later when she goes to say, Hey, I read this, then they, you know, they're tracking her and they tracked her to him. So they assume that obviously he clearly was involved. So then they just, you know, put out a kill order on him immediately because he's Jason Bourne. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so. I'm not saying go to the theater and watch it. I'm just saying watch it. When it comes out on home video, sit down and watch it. You won't be disappointed. Good. Good action flick. And, yeah, I liked it. Nice. Which is funny because I had watched, because in the, the condo we had, they had DirecTV, and I, I had watched the Bourne, uh, I'd watched uh, 
the second one. I keep wanting to call it Continuum, but it's not Continuum. Ultimatum. I had watched The Bourne Ultimatum earlier in the week, and that really drove it home. Like, you know what? I'm going to go watch this when it comes out. <laughs> nice. And the movie theater I went to, it's kind of weird. I was in Ocean City, Maryland, and I went to this uh, Fox Theater right near the condo we were staying at. And there's another Fox Theater, like, two miles down the road. And uh, there's, like, three or four movie theaters on this strip. This, this you know, strip of Stretcher Road, and they're all owned by the same company, which is hilarious to me. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Um, so I go to this theater, and the ticket window is actually outside. Oh. Like, like you walk TV? up. Yeah, like like on TV or New York City or whatever. Like you walk up, and you buy your ticket, and then you go in the doors to go inside the building, and the concessions are right there, and then you just go find your theater. And uh, it's 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 like the old-style Regal Cinema Theater. You know, it's not the reclined seats. It's the slanted floor with the you know what I mean so I sat in what we call the magic seats you know right behind where the wheelchair would go but there's yep. no wheelchair <laughs> so I sat there I watched Star Trek Beyond that got over I went out and bought my ticket for Jason Bourne and went into the theater there now this one was in the big theater so that hold like 220 people but like the biggest design flaw on the planet for this was they had double doors that you could open to get into the theater and when you open the double doors up you're, there's an aisle. You're right there on the aisle that runs straight down the center of the theater to the screen, and then the seats are on left or the right. And I didn't think anything of it until the movie started, and someone comes in late, and they rip that door open, and all the light just comes in on the screen. <laughs> Ruined. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, well, this thing should put a curtain up or something, because this is a clear design flaw. And if someone rips open both doors, like... You would want to. The handles are side by each. You want to grab them, give them a rip, and rip open both doors. Now you have double door licks of of, of light on, right on the screen. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, it was a good couple flicks. Good Thursday night. Nice. I uh, like I said, I saw Star Trek Beyond as well. Uh, I watched another movie, but this one was at home, and uh, it was actually based on one of your recommendations. Oh, would you watch? Well, it wasn't a documentary. I'll tell you that. Uh, okay. I watched uh, Buddy Moon. Oh, okay. The one with David Guanchaletti or whatever, and from Grimm and Flulaborg. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. Where did you watch it on? What format? Uh, uh, the friend of mine that I've been watching the shows with, she ordered it on Apple. Oh, she, nice. She just bought it. She listened to the podcast, and she was like, you know what? I love Flulaborg. I'm just going to yeah. get it. So we so, watched it, and it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's short. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, but right in the beginning, um, David Guan- Guantanamo right. or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's narrating, and he narrates at certain points throughout the movie because he's an actor, and he's trying to get a part in a Lewis and Clark biopic. Okay. So he's reading from the journal of, I believe, Lewis. Yeah. And... So parts of this trip that they take through the mountains, he'll narrate as he's reading lines from, you know, Lewis's journal, and they match it up with the scene of the movie. Yep. So that makes it kind of fun. It was quite enjoyable. Um, Nothing that I was like, oh, my God, this is the best movie I've ever seen. But I definitely enjoyed watching it and laughed quite a bit. Was Uh, it um, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil funny good? Uh, no, no, this was, this was, uh, it was touching. Um, okay. It was almost like a rom-com with a three act traditional okay. right. setup. Um, but 
it was just generally like enjoyable, funny, like, you know, good laughs, nothing like gut wrenching laughter, but good fun laughs, an enjoyable flick, but definitely worth checking out. Yes, definitely worth checking out. Um, Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. That was, that was good stuff. Um, I did go to the movies one other time prior to going on vacation. Uh, I took the kids and my mom of all people, and we went and saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> and I must say, I really enjoyed this movie. Right? It's, it's not. It's not a remake. It's not a, I don't. I don't know if you can call it a reboot. It's just a Ghostbusters movie. Exactly. It's not. You know, they didn't try to emulate the first movie. Like you said, it's not uh, uh, the girls' version of Ghostbusters. Nope. It's just Ghostbusters, and yep. the characters and it happen to be women. And you know they how they come together, how they advance with the technology, with the things that they do, and everything. How everything comes about is done in a way that quote unquote makes sense for mm-hmm. a movie about people hunting ghosts. Yep. Um, but I thought it was great. I thought yeah. it was really good. They didn't try to. Mimic Ghostbusters in any way. But my god, there, they had so many nods. There were so one. many nods and winks and nudges to the first one. I mean, like. It's been had, out long enough. We can go ahead and talk oh, about Oh, yeah, it. I'm talking about. You have the bust of Egon. Yep. You know, in it. Then Bill Murray's has plays the, the uh, skeptic, if you will. <laughs> Whereas he was the psychic in the first one. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now he's the skeptic that everything, all these ghost things are fake no matter what. Yep. Professional you know, debunker. Except, there you go, professional debunker. Um, Dan Aykroyd plays the cabbie. Yep. Who refuses to take, uh, whatever, you know, uptown. And he's <laughs> not afraid of, yeah, Chris Newark uptown. And he's like, oh, oh, these are just class five spectrum, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not afraid of no ghosts. And he takes <laughs> off, whatever, you know. And then, uh, you have, like, um, Ernie Hudson. Or thank you. I can think it was Ernie Roth. But Ernie Hudson, who plays, you know, the uncle. Which who they, I don't yeah. know how I didn't see it coming. I, I didn't see it either until he pulled up. Oh, it's my uncle. He's going to be mad. I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be Ray. And exactly. it was. Yeah. And then that was it. Janine's was their receptionist. Yep. At the and hotel, she, right? Yeah, exactly. But in the first movie, you know. Yeah. So as all this is happening, I'm kind of like telling my mom, like, oh, this is, oh, this was in the first one. Oh, there's a knot. Oh, there's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. That's hilarious. Yep. You know, oh, it's Slimer. And it, oh, there's Slimer's family. And like. <laughs> or the, just, um, uh, the firehouse. Yes, the firehouse. And then they find out that it's so expensive that they can't afford it. $22,000 a month. We can't afford that. Then they're above the Chinese restaurant. I love the fact. Look, an hour. I'm I'm upstairs from you. (laughs) Yeah, the the ongoing joke about the dumplings. (laughs) Yeah. And then when he's like, ah, she's like, I just want a good proportion of dumplings to soup. There's not even any soup in here. It's just dumplings. Wontons, yeah. So I just I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great flick. They paid tribute and homage to the original. Uh, but they, it was their own movie. Uh, yep, exactly. That's exactly the takeaway I had from it. I had so much fun with it. I laughed so much, especially at Kate McKinnon and Chris Hemsworth. Oh my goodness, Kate McKinnon. Oh yes, they were both amazing in it. She surprised me. Like I said, going into it, I didn't know a lot about her, and I wasn't yeah. sure like whether I'd find her annoying or awesome. Some of the previews nope. made her look annoying. Nope, she was great. Chris Hemsworth, he, the, the role <laughs> he played was just... He, his, he, that's not the role he normally plays. Nope. He was amazing. And I love the phone, I can't, it's in the fish tank. I can't answer that. <laughs> but then he tried. He yeah. Tried. 
hitting the glass. No, it's it's on the desk. It's on the desk right there in front of you, you know. <laughs> the best part for me was when he put his fingers through his eyes. <laughs> like when it was too loud and he was covering up his eyes. It's like, God, God that's loud. I love how he kept reaching through his lenses yeah. were supposed to be to scratch his face. And finally they like, why, why don't you have any lenses? Oh, well, you know, I just, they just kept getting dirty, so if I took them out, it just it stays cleaner that way. <laughs> no, he, he was fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I enjoyed the movie. I was laughing a lot. The theater was pretty packed. My daughter was a little too young for it, I guess. Um, she got a little scared. Climbed up on me during the thing, buried her face in my chest during some of the scarier moments. But uh, otherwise, my son loved it. My mom laughed the whole time. She really enjoyed it. And I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Definitely go watch that movie. Yeah, good stuff. I, uh, I watched... I watched I watched The Killing Joke. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh I'm very familiar with the comic story although I hear that they've made some changes from the movie and uh but I have not seen the movie yet. Well, it's about 70 something minutes long. Okay. And the first 29 minutes I'm going to say it was original material, I guess. Oh, you okay. Know? And then about the 29 minute mark on is where The Killing Joke the graphic novel picks up. Okay. And they pretty much follow the graphic novel almost to a T to the end, you know, uh, along with the flick. Gotcha. Um, but, like, the first 29 minutes, it's mostly all Batgirl backstory. And I don't want to give it away too much, but I'm... I hear a lot of people have had problems with it. Well, you know, okay, they basically, they turned... I'm not going to say she was a Batman groupie. Mm-hmm. But like they gave, they made some very like uh, I, I maybe stereotypical relationship issues between the two of them. Gotcha. You know, and I just like I'm not like I'm I'm a Batgirl fan, if you will, but I haven't like read all her comics all the time, and I know at different times they've had her in relationships with Batman or in relationships with Robin. And on and on and on. Like, in the Batman Beyond series, I know, like, they explained it that way and everything this and that. But, like, when I was a kid growing up, I watched the Adam West, Burt Ward series. And when Batgirl came onto the scene, Yvonne Craig played a very powerful, independent Batgirl who wasn't a Batman understudy or student or flunky. She was her own person. She wasn't in love with Batman. She didn't think she was in a relationship with him. She was just a strong, independent woman who was... A superhero as well, crime mm-hmm. fighter, who joined up with Batman and Robin, and they fought crime. And you know, even Alicia Silverstone in the movie, to an extent, you know, like I'm not saying she was a great Batgirl, but I'm just How saying. How dare you bring up that movie? Yeah, well, anyways, but I'm just saying she is portrayed as being a independent, strong woman as well. And then, for the most part, that's how she's portrayed from my vantage point, I guess. And then we get Batgirl in The Killing Joke, and she is a student of Batman. She is the stereotypical falls for the teacher teenage storyline where she's like a teenage girl. And it's just like I didn't appreciate that aspect of her character. They didn't make her like a strong, independent woman type character like she, I've always kind of seen her portrayed as. I gotcha. And, uh, 
you know, I mean, I guess by the end she is, if you will, when she's now Oracle. Right. I feel like the way they left it, they're going to make an, another movie focusing on her as Oracle. Okay. Um, but I just, I kind of, I kind of had some problems with the, with how she was portrayed, in in the flick. I had actually seen an article where they said that um, some people were just outright booing the decisions that they had made for the original stuff. So, yeah, it sounds well, like you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I just um, I still I want to check it out. Uh, yeah, I, and I would encourage you to watch it. Yep. I mean, you're getting Mark Hamill as Batman. I mean, as <laughs> no, Batman, no, no, as Joker. a Joker. You know, and you're getting uh, Conroy there and Kevin Conroy. And you know, Joker's amazing in it. The way they did Joker is awesome. The way they did from like the 29 minute mark on, I really enjoyed. But that first 29 minutes, uh, I'm a little shaky with it. Gotcha. I, I can't wait for you to watch it so I can hear your point of view of it all. Excellent, yeah. But um, no, I, I didn't. Overall, I enjoyed it as a whole. You know, uh, they told a good story, and um, I mean, I, I love the Killing Joke graphic novel, and they did do from the 29 minute mark on, they did it tremendous justice, I think. Awesome. That's yeah. what I was concerned about. Yeah, yeah. Like they didn't they didn't bastardize the graphic novel once they actually started from where you you, you can actually watch it and go, oh, okay, this is this is where the graphic novel picks up. <laughs> nice. And from that point on, I really really enjoyed it. The first twenty nine minutes, I was just like, eh. so nice. Yeah, check it out. Definitely. I uh, I started watching a new show over the past two weeks. All right. It's a new HBO original series called Vice Principles. I've seen trailers for that. How yeah. is that? It's okay. Um, it's Danny McBride apparently co-wrote this. So of the two Vice Principles between him and I never remember the other guy's name. I just remember him as um, the guy on Justified. Raylan, not Raylan, the other one. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, so between the two of them, they're both vice principals. In the first episode, Bill Murray is retiring because his wife has uh, leukemia, I believe. And so he's retiring as principal. And they're trying to figure out which one of them is going to take over. And they hate each other. But you see, most of the screen time goes to Danny McBride. And I think that's well, because yeah, he co-wrote it. He wrote it. it. Yeah. Um, but you get to see a lot about, you know, like he's got the ex-wife played by Busy Phillips, who's with some really scummy, douchey guy who seems to be nice enough. But, of course, we're supposed to hate him because he's the new man in her life. And, right. You know, the 11-year-old daughter who loves riding her horse, but they can't afford the horse because, you know, he doesn't make enough money. And so he's got, like, the kind of broken life outside of the school. And then he's just a dick in school. I mean, he's he's the guy who believes that might makes right. And, you know, you will punish everybody that was involved, whether they were a perpetrator or a victim. And Do you remember uh, Due Date? Yes. The character, the Weird Child version character. Yes. Is that, is that basically yes. the character in this movie? That is, is that guy? character, yep. Okay, all right. Um, but... You know, within the first episode, they're told that they're actually bringing in this woman from outside who's been principal at a bunch of other schools and has done some amazing things. So now they're both they they already hated each other, but now they're going to hate each other more and team up against her. Um, It's okay. 
Yeah. You know, it's kind of a background show for me. I watched the whole first episode, and then by the second episode, I was like, oh, I'm watching the background. But it's already escalated. Like, in the second episode, they broke into her house to see if they could find any kind of damning evidence against her. And while they were there, started breaking stuff, and then that escalated to smashing everything, like big screen TV, priceless vases. And yeah. then they just set the house on fire and <laughs> burned Jesus. her house right down. So oh, she's God. now homeless, her and her kids. That was just in the second episode, so... Yeah. Well, Kate and I actually started a new show tonight. What's that? Uh, it's on Hulu. It's a Hulu original series. They're actually in the second season. We haven't, but we watched the first episode of the first season, and it's a half-hour comedy. It's called Difficult People. Is it about retail? No, but it could be. No. Essentially, uh, it's these these two people who are aspiring to be actors or comedians or this that or whatever. But of course, there it takes place in New York City. And, of course, nothing ever goes the way they want it to, and they're basically just – they 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 just shit on everything and everyone. And basically there's a point in the movie where one of their joint friends, I guess, sums up what the whole series is about from what I can point at, see, which is maybe you two could try being nicer – nice to someone that's not each other. So, like, to each other, they're great and they're friendly and everything, but to everyone outside that circle of their two – they just are rude and obnoxious to them. So it's called difficult people because the main gotcha. characters are the difficult people. I see. But their perception is that they're fine. Everyone in the world around them is an idiot. Aha. Uh-huh. But it's done in a pretty funny way. I, I feel don't like know. Ten years ago, that would have been me. I think probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who the lead characters are. Like I can't think of something else they've been in, and I haven't. T- I didn't take the time to look it up before we did this. Okay. But um, we liked the first episode quite a bit. We laughed quite a bit, so we're definitely gonna go forward with that. There's like eight episodes in the first season, probably eight in the second. Um, but it's on Hulu, so check it out. Okay. We like it so far, but we're only one episode in. Nice. Yeah. I watched. Uh, I watched the Green Room. It's oh, that the uh, Patrick Stewart one. The one with Patrick Stewart. It's basically like this punk band that they witness something they shouldn't witness, and they end up getting locking themselves into the green room of this neo-Nazi banger club. And, of course, you know, now they have to kill or be killed type of thing. And it it was great. It looked great. It was great. There is is some graphic violence. There's there's a bunch of people getting killed. Um, it's pretty graphic, not like a hostile over the top graphic, but it's you know, or even saw graphic, I guess. But it's pretty graphic, like and Expendables graphic. No, it's it's just it's yeah, um, it's not what it wouldn't fall into the torture porn category, but it's definitely like oh crap. Oh. <laughs> the camera doesn't cut away when someone gets a jugular slit. Or gets thing. shot in the face with a shotgun type of thing. Okay. Yeah, you like you're like oh shit type of thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a good flick. Um, Patrick Stewart's great in it. Uh, Anton Yelkin was in this. Yeah, it's, it's not the last thing he did before he died, but um, you know he he's the main character in it. One of the two main characters. It's a good flick. Now, how did you see that? Really one? Good flick. On demand. Ah, okay. Yeah. So I. I yeah, 
look it up, look for it. It's it's a good flick. Yeah, it looked really good when I saw the previews for it and the articles about it. And... Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, and basically what it is is it's a group of kids, if you will. They're in a punk band, and they're going around. Uh, they're, doing, they're on their own little tour, and so, like, they don't have any money or much money, so they have to try and find gigs so they can get money. So, you know, maybe they siphon gas out of cars here and there to to get going and they've just decided like you know what we're sick of being around each other things aren't going the way they're supposed to go and uh, we just we got to get out of here and so this one guy like he works at like a college radio station or something he gets him a gig because one of their his cousin is like a member of this skinhead band skinhead group and so he gets some a gig there at their place and you know it's pays 300 bucks and it can help you know they need the money to get home and on and on and on so they go and, and they do this gig and at first of course they're not they their skinheads don't like them and then by the second song though they're like all right we like these people they rock and um yeah they're all done they're getting ready to leave and then they see something they shouldn't when one runs in the green room to get their phone and then basically all hell breaks loose there through the rest of the movie and uh, Patrick Stewart I've never seen him in a role like this before he was awesome he's yeah the head, he's the head bad guy essentially and just his voice and how he describes like what he wants them to do to them <laughs> with the which is horrific things by the way and is said in the Patrick Stewart voice it's just like holy crap it adds another little element um, but yeah it was great I, I really enjoyed it Nice. I'm going to have to yeah. check that one out at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely you should. I uh, I saw the season finale of 12 Monkeys, second season, and yeah. uh, it was good. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I know there are a few people listening that are going to watch it or, like, not quite caught up. Um, it was good. It was a little predictable. It's the first time that I've watched this show, and I actually found myself going, oh, I can see that they're going to do this. Oh, they did do that. Oh, come on, really? And it kind of it kind of cheapened things for me. I'll just say that. Like, yeah. everything up to this point has been so well thought out. I've never watched a TV series that has done time travel so well. And, you know, the twists, the turns, the, the way that everything has been changing. And then they pulled this and i just i was like oh really you you really went it felt like they were going the easy path rather than staying on the complex path that they've been on so hopefully oh, that stinks yeah hopefully in the next season they they'll make it up to us but it was basically like the one twist that we've been waiting for all season and then within the last couple of episodes i was like oh god it looks like they're going to do this and then they did and you don't want to see a twist that could be really awesome turn into something that's like regrettable almost, you know, be like, Oh, that shouldn't have been that, you know, it, it shouldn't have been the Butler that did it type of thing. Oh yeah. So that was, I, I don't like that. No, either. no, I, I really, I was disappointed, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm still going to watch it again because it really is, ultimately, it is a great show. And if you like time travel like I do, you can't do much better than this show. It's just so well done. They really oh, okay. keep their stuff in line. Uh, they don't bother with any kind of funky, like, you know, oh, let's try doing a weird alternate timeline, you know, where he was never born, and we'll see what happens in one wacky episode. No, they 
things change and they go with it. They're like, yes, something was changed in the past, so the future has changed, and we're just rolling with it. It's not going to be a one-off episode type thing. So I strongly recommend that show. Okay, cool. I, I enjoyed the first season. I hadn't gotten into the second season, um, but I think at some point I'm going to try and check it out this summer before the next season comes on. Yeah, I do recommend it. it the second season really rocked. I uh, I don't. We had a weird TV all this week in Maryland, so I, I didn't really watch a lot of new stuff. Um, I want. We end up watching lots of old stuff, like Golden Girls and Little House on the Prairie. Oh and, my! Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I actually don't mind. Little House. It's not. It's not. It's not a bad show. And the Golden oh, Girls is a classic. It is. Don't say it anything is. bad about Golden Girls or Deadpool will slice your something but, off. You know what was actually funny is we saw the series finale oh wow they had the two part series finale aired one of the mornings when we had the TV on and so that was just kind of interesting to see how it ends up because I end up looking at it and of course Dorothy leaves the show and then the other three stick around and they do one more season of a like a spinoff called Golden Palace which didn't do as well it was got, yeah. canceled. got canceled after one season but it was kind of neat to see that and then we watched a lot of Little House and then like um like I said, you know, I watched like uh, the the Bourne Continuum and just various uh, movies here and there and everything, and lots of American Pickers and some Pawn Stars. So nice. Yeah, it was different. I haven't watched TV like that in a long time. <laughs> like, like just TV. <laughs> like yeah, regular TV. TV. Like usually, I, when I watch, I'm watching for a specific show. I'm not just watching whatever's on randomly. Right. But. Um, yeah, I was specifically like, so it was kind of weird watching like, I haven't watched like a marathon of American Pickers in forever. It was actually kind of nice. Nice. Yeah. So, um, I guess the only other thing I have to to bring up is uh, Dark Matters. Yes. I'm, I'm caught I'm, up. I'm one episode behind. Okay. So let's see what the last episode you saw then was because I watched them back to back and they kind of merged together in my brain. Yeah, which one came in first? So what the last one you saw was that they were looking for they, the they old went, crew. Okay, that's when uh, Titch or whatever meets up with his yeah former friends. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that wasn't a bad episode. It was nice after we had had that one the week before that was kind of a filler and we didn't really like it. Yeah, and then as you saw, Android, you know, she met the other androids. Yeah. Have like that upgrade that makes them more human and everything. I really like that twist. Yeah, well, uh, don't worry. They don't waste any time in her trying that out. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that with the android, they're actually giving her a story. Yeah. But uh, so I, I, I enjoyed. I was a little afraid after episode three that this was going to go the continuum route for me. Because Continuum, the Rachel Nichols show that takes place. Yes. Yeah. I really enjoyed the first season. Me too. And then the second season, I was just like, ugh. And then the third season, I was like, I guess I'm not watching this anymore. Yeah. I stopped in the last season. I I had it, like, backlogged on my DVR, and I started watching one, and I felt like I was forcing myself, and I said, why? I don't care about this. Yeah. It was, and I I was a little afraid, because the first two episodes of the season started out really well. Yep. And then episode three, I'm like, filler already? <laughs> exactly. And then episode four, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Episode five, I'm like, okay, this is good direction. So 
I enjoyed four and five. Definitely going to keep watching. Yeah, four I did enjoy, five I will check out. Um, I did the same thing with Killjoys. Uh, I watched four, I have not watched five, but four was interesting. It, again, it was off the uh, no longer a filler episode. This one was good and it was twisted. It kind of reminded me of a Serenity kind of thing because really? it involved a job to take um, gifted children to this special school that you, know, you don't get to apply to go in, you're selected to go in kind of thing. Yep. And uh, then what's going on at the school? You know, they get there and things aren't quite right. It was really interesting. I really enjoyed the episode. Cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Nice. Um, there, I've got these in my notes, so I wanted to go over them real quick. We don't have to dedicate a lot of time to them, but a few more notes out of the Comic-Con thing. Okay. Uh, they announced their Captain Marvel, Brie Larson. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm happy about it, mostly because I think she is a strong actress, and they're moving forward with it. You know, it's not stuck in limbo. Yep, yep. So they did say that this summer we would get a lead actress's name and a director's name. So they gave us the lead actress. Now let's get to the director. I know there are a lot of other people that could have been Captain Marvel. I'm looking at it that my complaining about it isn't going to change anything. You know, it's kind of like when everybody went nuts over Ben Affleck being Batman, you know, and Batfleck sucks. I mean, people were going insane and it didn't change the fact that he was still Batman. It didn't stop the movie from being made. And then then people liked him as Batman. Yeah, He actually turned out to be a pretty good Batman. So that's how I'm looking at Brie Larson. You know, she maybe, you know, uh, there are plenty of other actresses that could have been a better um, Carol Danvers. Maybe, but yeah. you know what? This is who we've got. So let's be excited about seeing the movie go up. Let's be excited about Marvel putting out their first female-centered movie. There, that's my yeah. Opinion. I'm 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 looking forward to seeing it. You know, like I I I really did want to see Katie Sackhoff. Yep, because I like I like Katie Sackhoff quite a bit. So I I did want to see her as. Uh, Captain Marvel, but uh, oh well. Brie yeah. Larson's definitely not a horrible choice by any means. No. I guess maybe it's better going with a younger choice for the future. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what the first, you know, because DC's coming out with Wonder Woman, so I mean, they're going to have their female, you know, superhero lead actress or whatever movie and they I mean I did Catwoman in the past and that obviously didn't work out for them really well <laughs> didn't work out for any of us thank you yeah exactly and but Marvel hasn't done one so it, it, I'm sure Marvel will do it right though yep they've done everything else right so I'm sure they'll do it right they had a lot of news about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 I heard I was reading that a lot of people were really angry that they revealed too much yeah uh, yeah. They didn't. They wouldn't put the trailer up online because James Gunn said that the trailer that they showed there was not finished product. Like yep. it had some uh, stand-ins for the cap and stuff like that, and he doesn't want to put anything out officially until it's. But yeah, uh, like they revealed that Kurt Russell's playing Ego, the Living Planet, and that he he tells them right in the beginning or. You know, when we meet him, that he came down to Earth and created a sentient body for himself that he thought was what humans would look like. And, you know, that's how Star Lord was created. So basically, they gave away one of the biggest mysteries that we've all been wondering about. They just like, here you go. Here's the answer. Yeah. I'm still excited yeah. to see the movie. 
Oh, I, I am too. That doesn't change anything for me. Nope. I still want to see the movie. I mean, it's oh, and that and that Groot is still baby Groot, but but he's not going to be the same Groot. Yeah, he's not going to be the same Groot. So, but regardless, I'm excited to see the movie. I want yes, to see it. Absolutely. Nothing they said or revealed or did or whatever changed how I felt about it. Right. Yeah. I definitely want to check it out. Yeah. And they announced that Denai Guerrero is going to be in the Black Panther movie which I'm excited about that because I think she's a great actress and I think she can kick a lot of butt. Cool. And uh, so that's going to be fun. Uh, there was another trailer that came out that was really weird, and I kicked myself afterwards because I didn't understand any of it. Yeah. And it took somebody else coming to me and saying, oh, one of my friends pointed out that this is what it was, and then it all clicked into place. Yeah. Um, so I felt like I was failing my comic nerddom. But basically it's for the new X-Men TV series called Legion. Okay. And it's a very confusing trailer. It's really weird. It jumps around a lot. There's a lot of people that you don't understand why they're there, what they're doing. A lot of people walked away scratching their heads. If you go into it with the context, though, that Legion in the comics was Charles Xavier's son, and he was born with a lot of different mutant superpowers. Okay. But he has dissociative identity disorder. So each one of his personalities can control a different power. Then you watch right. the trailer, it makes a little more sense. All right, well, I'll check the trailer out and see how yeah. that goes. It, it was some fun stuff. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I have to talk about, and I kind of, for me, I saved the best for last. Okay. Oh, wait, there's two things. Oh. All right. First off. Before we get to the best part, uh, have you heard of the show Stan Against Evil? No, I haven't. <laughs> it showed up as like a random story in my feed tonight, in one of my news feeds, and I clicked on it because it had a picture of John C. McGinley. Now, I like him. Exactly. If I see John C. McGinley, I'm like, I'm going to like this show. Yeah. So I just I copied and pasted the description of the show so that I could read it to you exactly so that you'd understand. Okay. It says, Stan Against Evil. Upcoming IFC series, Stan Against Evil. That's Stan as in, like, short for Stanley. Okay. Not Fol stand, but Stan. Right. Stan okay. Against Evil follows Stanley Miller, John McGinley, a gruff, aging New England sheriff who recently lost his position after an angry outburst at his wife's funeral. Though Miller isn't exactly accepting or kind towards newcomers, he meets the new sheriff, Evie Barrett, played by Janet Varney, who opens his eyes to the plague of angry demons haunting the town. Miller begrudgingly joins an alliance with Barrett to stop the demon threat once and for all. This sounds amazing. <laughs> right? They, they have two, um, like, teaser clips. One of them just shows a guy running through the woods, and it keeps flashing up words saying, like, demons, um, monsters, satanic barnyard animals. And then it says, stand against the evil coming soon. And then another one is McGinley, and he's just shoveling. He's digging a hole in the ground. And at one point, you hear somebody from off camera go, what are you doing? And he turns and looks at him, and in typical McGinley fashion, he goes, what does it look like I'm doing? Digging up my wife. And then he goes right back to digging. Fair enough. I'm so excited <laughs> for this show, and I have no idea. I, I didn't even know about it till today. When, when's it going to be on or where or anything it's like that? It's IFC, the Independent Film Channel. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, it just said soon. Mm. So I don't know when, but apparently it was. it's a horror comedy, and it was written by Dana Gould. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, this. yeah. Um, and Tim Burton did some of the directing. 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he basically Dana Gould was ripping on Tim Burton. That's why it showed up in my news feed, and he was saying that uh, that what they did was they took the show and they spread it out, they storyboarded it out like a movie, and then broke it up into chunks, and then had directors directing different parts. And he said, and uh, we've got this brilliant guy directing it. Uh, his name, surprisingly enough, is Tim Burton. But unlike the real Tim Burton, this guy knows what a second act is, <laughs> and it's the real Tim Burton. So that's funny. Um. So, yeah, I thought you'd be interested in that one. Yeah, that sounds awesome. But, yeah, the last thing that I have to oh, talk oh. about, and I, I got to, like, I may be going into some deep, spoilery-type territory here, but I've got to do it because I'm just overwhelmed right now. All right. Mr. Robot. Okay, yeah. Um, have you watched any of it? I watched the first episode of season one, and I'm like, this is really good. Okay. I will not give away too much, but I have to talk about this because I'm kind of bursting at the seams. Okay. So over the past week, I've rewatched it because uh, my TV movie watching buddy Kelly there, she hadn't seen it. And I was like, all right, we got to sit down and we got to watch this, you know? So we brought it up because it's on Amazon Prime and we binge watched the first season right. <clears throat> for a couple of days. So I was rewatching it. She was watching it for the first time. And I just, I fell right in love with the show again. It was already amazing, but... Um, interesting little trivia fact. I've been picking up on music a lot lately in the shows, but in the ninth episode of season one, there's a song playing at the end, and it's a piano song, and it's just piano, and it's beautiful. And I couldn't quite place it. I was like, this sounds so familiar. It turns out that it's a rather popular piano version of a Pixie song called Where's My Mind, which was, it's been redone and redone and redone like a million times. But Where's My Mind was the song that was playing at the end of Fight Club when Jack and... Oh, okay. When they're standing there watching the buildings come down. Yes. And uh, it's very appropriate for that. So this was another scene where it's kind of like a mental trip kind of thing and that's playing in the background so when you know that that's what it is it's like oh that really makes it even more awesome they don't have to hit you over the head with it but it's just it's beautiful sweet so now we're three hold on four episodes in technically the first episode of this season of season two was a two-parter and like i said on the last podcast you know it actually has the word intermission right in the middle of it. <laughs> it flashes for like 20 seconds, and then it just jumps right in the next episode. Um, and it was brilliant. I had watched it already, but when I got together with Kelly, we sat down and watched it, and it was just as good the second time. It was just awesome. Um, then two more episodes. So technically three have been on, but the first one was a double, so whatever. Yeah. But even like this third episode was an hour and a half long on TV. Wow. Yeah, you take out the commercials, obviously, but still, an hour and a half on TV. That's a lot of time. It is. But, okay, so in the first season, there's a point when Elliot has to go to a secure facility. And again, I'm trying to tiptoe around spoiler stuff here, but he has to go to a secure facility, and in order to get access to the room that he needs to get access to, there's this whole plan laid out, and it involves a manager getting him to one place, and then... In order to get deeper, he needs to get rid of that manager and get a, a higher-ranking manager who would have access to the further in. So he gets this guy. He's this overweight kind of dub of a guy named Bob. 
manages to fool Bob into taking him on a tour down to the next floor down. And then the plan is that he has to get rid of Bob. And they're telling him, they're like, you can't just tell this guy that you want to see another manager. You have to make sure that you get another manager. You have to destroy him. And he destroys Bob. I'm not talking like, you know, a funny kind of ha ha ha. You know, he's just like, oh, you suck. He rips this guy apart to the point where you as the viewer really feel sick to your stomach. Like you feel bad for Bob because he's just like talking to him about in such a flat voice. Like you suck. You're useless. If you died tomorrow, not a single person on this planet would ever care that you were gone. They'll just all move on. I mean, it was tragic. It was horrible. So in the most recent episode of this season, there's a scene that's set up and it's talking about like undoing wrongs of the past and regrets. And they actually brought the actor back. Oh, wow. And they actually had Elliot, like there's no word spoken. There's like a, a, somebody talking over, you know, narrating. And you see Elliot actually go up to his front door and knock. And and the guy comes out and you're like, Oh my God, it's Bob. Oh my God, it's Bob. And then he like says something to him and then they hug it actually literally brought tears to my eyes. I'm oh, not going to wow. lie. I don't care if that makes me less of a man. I had tears in my eyes seeing that after being so invested from the first season of just a throwaway character. We never saw Bob again, thought we'd never see him again. And just that they took the time to bring him in here and have him for that one brief scene. It was so touching. It was so moving. It broke me. Wow. Yeah, it was so powerful. In addition that whole scene, it was a very extended scene, and once you're caught up, or if anybody wants to message me privately, I'd love to talk about, there was this scene, and I won't say anything other than it was a dinner. There was a dinner scene, and I noticed something very specific in there, and it was like, a, ooh, 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 and I want to know if anybody else like is with me on this, so if you catch up, but the music that was playing this time was, again, it was like a piano melody, but even less like maybe a harp type melody and at first like with so much of the music on this show you just hear like the music in the background you don't think much of it until you actually listen to it and i was like i know this i know this and then it clicked it was and i've looked it up since then it's this band that does what they call the lullaby versions of green day and it was the song basket case you know the one Yes, I do. Okay, one of their most famous hits, awesome song. This is the most slowed down. It's like it's played on a harp or maybe a piano, and it's called the lullaby version of Basket Case, and it was playing over this scene. That music with that scene with Bob, with the dinner, it just was one of the most beautiful things that I have seen in a movie or a TV show in forever. It moved me to tears. It was just so well done. Like, I couldn't deal with myself afterwards. Awesome. That's yeah. powerful. That's emotional. That's it. Really was, and I wish you were caught up because I'd love to get your take on all of this. But well, I will try to get caught up ASAP. But I don't know when I'll have the time. It, it's all right. I understand. I'm not like, but if if we went down through the list of all the shows and movies and everything, that would be my one hard sell to anybody out there. Get yourself caught up on this show. Watch it. Love it. It's <sighs> Jesus. It just. It punches you right in the gut. It's awesome when something's that good, though. Like, you can get lost in it. Yes. Like, rewatching the first season, I was thrilled. I was picking up on new stuff, and I was just loving it. it oh, I can't say enough good about this show. Awesome. So, yeah, that was my last little bit there. Whew. I think it's a great way to end. 
Excellent. Nice. A great way to end. Yeah. So I'll just sum it up and go, hey, thanks for listening this week to episode 20 of What Did You Watch This Week? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Sorry I, we were gone for an extra week there, but, you know, we made up for it tonight, I think. Yes, extra long episode. And we appreciate everyone that continues to listen and download our show over there on the Nerdy Legion and or iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or That's right. wherever. However you download and listen to us, we thank you. That's right. We do from the bottoms of our hearts. And you can reach out to us anytime you want on the Twitter or even on the Facebook because we do have a Facebook. It's uh, at What Did You Watch This Week on Facebook. And then the Twitter, I'm at SuperstarML. And I'm at the Quantum Geek. That's G33K. And, and go ahead. I was just going to say it was pointed out to me, and I do apologize for this, and I'm sure Mike will when I say it. Uh, we probably should have put something on Twitter or on Facebook saying that we were taking a week off. We let the Nerdy Legion know. We didn't let you guys know. Sorry about that. We'll make sure in the future to do that. I actually did fire a tweet off. Oh, did on you? The at what did you watch? Oh, good. That uh, we were taking a week off because I was on the vacation. Excellent. But I don't think I tagged you in it. Oh. Yeah. That's why. I think I ran out of characters. Or <laughs> I just was like, I'm just going to tweet this real quick. And, oh, okay. Now I'm back to the beach. So. Nice. <laughs> but I don't think I tweeted it out till like, Tuesday. So, sorry, oh, guys. okay. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. Please continue to listen. Please let us know if you have any questions or comments or suggestions. Especially suggestions. We also like to get shows suggested to us to watch or movies or whatever to check out. Yeah, and, and um, like I said, if you if anybody out there is watching Mr. Robot is caught up and you want to talk to me about that dinner scene, let me know. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, until next time, thank you. See you later, everybody. Bye.